In the beginning, there was a darkness, a void of light. There was the heavens and there was the earth, but the earth, it was formless and empty, consumed by the darkness. The darkness, it seemed to go on without end. It stretched and it occupied every inch of space. But a voice, it called out, the same voice that had created the heavens, the same voice that had created the formless and empty earth. The voice called out and spoke the words, let there be light. And there was light. God, the creator, he saw that the light was good. He separated the light from the darkness, allowing the light to shine into all the crevices that the the darkness had once dominated. God called the light day and he called the darkness night. There was evening, there was morning, and that was the first day. The first day of creation, God spoke the light into existence, a light that chased off the darkness. And he saw that the light was good. What what did God see that made the light so good, though? Was it the brightness of it? Was it the way it illuminated the the empty and formless earth? Or or was it good because he knew it was going to help what he had planned next? But this was the beginning, the beginning of all things. The start of a creation that God saw to be good. And each step in the creation of the world, God had a part, a purpose. In Genesis, the first book of the Bible, we see day by day how God created the world. We read and we see how God saw his creation to be good. But again, what made all of these things good? Was it the brilliance of the sky, the, the majesty of the mountains, the vastness of the oceans? Or was it because that specific thing he created would help what he had planned next? Was it the beauty of all the vegetation, the beauty, the the trees, the flowers covering the hillsides? Or, Or was it because that specific thing was going to help what he had planned next? Was it the perfect position of the sun and the moon, the stars just scattered across the sky? Or was it because that specific thing he created would help what he had planned next? Was it the mass amount of fish, all the other creatures occupying the sea? Or was it the birds that flew elegantly in the air? Or was it because that specific thing he created would help what he had planned next? Was it the roar of a lion? The the way a, a cub would nurse on its mother? The creatures, the critters that lived in the trees and on the land? Or, or was it because that specific thing was going to help what he had planned next. But what did God have planned next? What more could he create that would also be good in his eyes? What more could he add to this world that he spoke into existence? Here's what it says in Genesis. Then God said, let us make humankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals. And over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created humankind in his own image. The image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. The creation of of humankind, the creation of Adam and Eve in the image of God. He looked at his creation and he thought this is finished and this is very good. Not just good, but very good. The goodness of God, we can see it clearly in the story of creation. We see it clearly in each step that he took 
in creating this entire world. Uh, but the truth is, we don't always feel very good, do we? Sometimes we may even struggle to see how we fit into God's good creation. Now, I'm sure you've had days just like me where you're, you're staring up at the sky, wondering if God is looking down, thinking that you are good. Because here's the truth, we're not perfect. We can do our best to try and create good things in our own lives, but there are times where we fail at doing so. We have a plan to create that goodness, but sometimes it just doesn't go the way we had expected. Have you ever watched the show Nailed It? The whole premise of the show is, is these uh, home bakers trying to recreate these uh, professional cakes, right? And usually it doesn't go the, the way they expect. And I've had things like that happen at my house where I see something online. I, I can make that. I could bake that. And I try. And then it's just a disaster. My reality does not, ex, does not match my expectations. Here, here's some examples. Yeah. That is a terrifying pumpkin. Okay, next one. That is one sick looking monkey. Okay, last one. Minnie Mouse. She's going through some rough times, all right? She, things, things aren't going well, but you know that their, their kitchen is just a disaster as well. But mistakes were made, right? Truthfully, sometimes our lives can feel like one of those failed cakes. We try so hard to do something good. We have an expectation of what that good thing will look like, but when things don't go the way we expect it, it impacts us, it, it hurts us. When I was in sixth grade, I uh, was in art class and, and we were given the assignment in, in that class to create a clay bowl. Um, we got to form it, do, make it however we wanted. And, and then once we were done, we could paint it and then put it into the kiln where the, where the teacher would finish the rest. But he, he had given us a list of instructions to follow. So we all, we all sat down, started creating our bowls, but I was determined that my bowl was gonna be the best. I was determined that my bowl, my bowl was gonna be unique, that it was gonna be something that people looked at and, and they were impressed by it. So as I was creating it, I was just thinking of all the things that, uh, that my bowl, my bowl would hold the mac and cheese cereal. You name it, my bowl was going to hold it and it was going to be awesome. Eventually I finished the bowl. I just stared at it proud of my creation. I carefully etched my name into the bottom and then I placed it into the kiln. The next week we all shuffled into the classroom, excited to see how our creations had turned out. We all lined up at the table where all the creations were, all the bowls had been displayed. Kids were getting their bowls, amazed at the colors that it looked like now after been coming out of the kiln. People, kids were excited about the grades that they had received. So I get to the table, I start looking for my bowl. Eventually I see it. Next to mine is a, is a little note. It says, incomplete, too many mistakes. I think too many mistakes, incomplete. We were supposed to make a bowl. I made a bowl. What is going on? I go to the teacher. I ask him, well, how, why did I receive an incomplete? And he said, because it's not a bowl. <laughs> it does not even look like a bowl. You did not follow the directions. 
All the kids, they began to laugh as the teacher pointed out everything I had done wrong. In my teacher's defense, he wasn't being mean. He was simply letting, letting me know all the, the things um, that I needed to change when I, when I redid it. But I, I took my seat just feeling defeated. The giggles from the other kids still echoing in my ear. I, I stared at my creation and began to see what my, my teacher had been talking about. It did not look like a bull. It looked more like a demented tower. Once the bell rang, I, I shoved my failed creation into my backpack and I, I headed out. Once I got home from school that day, I, I'd gotten it out of my backpack. I just kind of stared at it. I, I was so excited to get it home, to show my parents, uh, to put it to good use. Uh, I had my favorite cereal ready. But as I looked at it, all I could think about was the kids laughing. All I could think about was how I failed to make something good. It was not what I had expected. So after one last look at my bowl, I, I tossed it into the trash can in our kitchen and I, I walked away. Have you been there though, feeling like a failure? Again, like you just can't seem to create anything good in your life. And obviously often it goes beyond creating a bowl out of clay. You want good in your marriage. You want good in your job. You want good in your finances. But sometimes things just don't go the way you expect them to go. You're constantly faced with a reality that you had not planned for. And as a result, we tend to feel embarrassed. We, we begin to feel sorrow and regret. And all of that, it begins to snowball into this lack of self-worth, struggling to see the good in ourselves. We begin to have a distorted view of ourselves. We begin to stare blankly into a mirror, looking at ourselves in the eyes. We begin to examine our reflection and then dissect every single one of our failures. As we're draped in sorrow, draped in regret, we can barely recognize ourselves. We, we stare into that mirror and we look ourselves in the eyes and all we can think is too many mistakes. Things used to be different though, right? Uh, there were so many times where, where you felt so secure in your own capabilities. So often you saw so much good in everything. You, you felt so, so secure in God's love for you. But now it's all blinded, all, all taken away because of our failures, our mistakes, our, this reality that is not the same as what we expected. How do we get lost along the way? How do we find our way back, back to his power, back to God's grace, back to God's love? How do we have hope for good in our lives? Uh, the book of Genesis, it's the book of beginnings. Literally, that's what the word Genesis means, the beginning, the origin, the formation of something. God has given us a record of this beginning. Through this record, we see the God of the universe revealing himself to humanity through his creation. And step by step through the process of creation, we see God's heart in every aspect of what he created. Psalm 19 says it this way. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth. Their words to the ends of the world, the glory and the richness of God is seen in everything he created. 
As we take a step back and marvel at his handiwork, we begin to see the majesty of it all. We begin to see the good that he saw in it when he created it. We begin to see the reasoning that he created the world the way he did. We also begin to see the specific qualities of God as we examine his creation. Here's what Paul wrote in Romans. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power, divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what he has made. So that people are without excuse. We may not be able to physically see God. But what we can see through God's creation is a clear depiction of God's incredible power. We can see it in the size, the complexity of his creation. We can see it in the beauty, the order, the design of it all. God's power can see, be seen every time you walk out your door and you look in the sky. You can see it. You can see it in the trees. You can see it as the rain comes falling from the heavens. The power we see through creation leads us to this truth. God's power in creation, it surrounds us. It's all around us. His power surrounds us and you can't escape it if you're looking for it. He has revealed himself to us so that we could be aware of his power and his might, so that we could be aware of his sovereignty. In the book of Ephesians, Paul writes this, and you will know God's great power. It can't be compared with anything else. His power works for us who believe, surrounded by his power in creation. We can be confident that nothing is impossible with God. Even when we feel like life isn't going the way we had expected, and things aren't going the way we planned, we can be certain that the sovereignty of God is working in our lives, even if we don't see it. Because of God's power, we can have hope for good. Remember what God said was very good people, right? God not only saw that his creation was good, but he saw that it was good for what he had planned next. Good for us. With the creation of Adam and Eve, we see God's desire to have relationship with this creation. We also see God's desire for humans to partner with him in taking care of his good creations. The goodness of God portrayed in his gift of creation to us, his provision for us, starting before we were ever even born. Again, in Ephesians, here's what Paul writes. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. Before the creation of the world, we were chosen by him, chosen to receive all these gifts of creation, chosen to be the recipients of his grace. Everything that we see that he has created with his power, it's a gracious gift. And that grace we see through the creation story, it leads us to knowing this, God's grace in creation, it includes us. His grace is rooted not only in the creation of all things, but it's rooted in us, in the creation of humans. It's, it's rooted in you and me. Again, from Ephesians, here's this, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works. So no one can brag about earning it. A grace that we did not earn, a grace that we do not deserve, but a grace he gives as a gift, a gift that we get to open, a, a gift that we get to enjoy. But just like any gift, the grace God gives so freely, it can be rejected. It can be refused. So it's our choice to receive it. Our choice to look at all the wonders of creation and see God's desire for us 
to be a part of it. Included in his grace through creation, we can be confident that his provision for us will be sufficient at all times. Even when we feel like life isn't going the way we expect, things aren't going the way we plan, we can be certain that God's grace is enough so we can choose to realize because of God's grace, we can have hope for good. In Genesis chapter one, we, we read that God spoke and there was light. He spoke the world into existence. He spoke and there were mountains. He spoke and there was a solar system. He spoke and there was vegetation. There was wildlife. But when it came to humans, he, he did something a little different. Here's what it says in Genesis. Then the Lord God formed a man. He made him out of the dust of the ground. God breathed the breath of life into him. And the man became a living person. When God made man, he didn't just speak. He used his hands. He used his personal touch. And from the dirt of the earth, he formed a human. From the dirt, something considered to be next to nothing, he he formed a human. And then God took a deep breath and breathed into man. The Hebrew word for breath is ruach. And it actually imitates the very sound of breath. But what's interesting, it's the same word used for spirit. So God created man by putting his breath, his spirit within him. (laughs) Thus, like scripture states, humans have been created in the image of God. With his hands, he formed us. With his breath, he breathed his spirit into us, creating us in his image to bear his nature, to bear his goodness. Everything good in God, he has placed in us. All his good characteristics are buried inside of us, aching to get out, ready to pour out of us. But it's up to us to show those characteristics. It's up to us to reflect his nature, to reflect his goodness in our lives, in everything we say, in everything we do. We start to recognize those characteristics so much more clearly as our our relationship with God grows. As we grow to know God more, as we deepen our relationship with him, it makes us more kind. It makes us more patient, makes us more humble, makes us more gentle. The nature of God just bursting out of us as he intended when humans were first created. Here's what it says in the book of Isaiah. Lord, you are our father. We are the clay. You are the potter. Your hands made all of us. Fully understanding that every single person, every single person is created delicately and intimately by the hand of God, created in his spirit, created in his image. It changes the way we view ourselves. It changes the way we view others. It allows us to access what God buried deep inside of us when he first created humans at the very beginning. It allows us to see his love inside of us, the love that he breathed into humankind when he created us. It allows us to remember that God's love in creation is in us. We are created in his image, created to bear his nature and goodness, created to reflect his love. It's because of God's love in us that we desire to show all of those characteristics that he placed inside of us. Knowing the deep and intimate love God, knowing the deep and intimate love that God has for us, the the same love that he's placed inside of us, we can be confident in him that he has our best interest in mind. Even when things don't go the way we expect, even when things don't go the way we plan, we can trust in God's love. Because of God's love, we can have hope 
for good. His power, it surrounds us. His grace, it includes us. And his love is in us. In 2010, I was struggling to find good in myself. Um, I just moved to Puerto Rico. It had been my dream for years to, to move there, to work at a school. Um, so it finally happened. But the first few months that I lived there were really hard. Uh, to be honest, I didn't think I was a good teacher. I, I felt like I was failing at it. I remember coming home for Thanksgiving break, uh, coming home to Beloit. I hadn't been home since uh, I left for Puerto Rico earlier that year in August. Uh, so being home was so refreshing. It felt so good. And to be honest, though, I, I was thinking about not even returning to Puerto Rico. Why would I go back if I'm just going to fail? Why would I go back if I'm not going to be good at it? I, I was deeply worried Deeply sad about it, wrapped in sorrow, wrapped in regret. Living in Puerto Rico had been my dream for so long. And here I was ready to just let go of it. My self-worth was dwindling as a result. The view I had of myself was incredibly distorted. I remember one day while I was home, my, my mom was moving offices here at the church. So I came to the church to help her. Um, so I, I moved box after box and the whole time I, I was just lost in thought, trying to decide what I was going to do, just thinking of my failures, thinking of my mistakes. Eventually my mom says, hey, don't, don't forget the flower vase on my desk. I, I say, okay. I head back into her office. I see the flowers on her desk. So I go and I mindlessly pick up the vase and start to leave the office. But there's something familiar about this vase. I, I kind of look at it. And as I stare at it, something clicks. It's my failed bowl from sixth grade art class. But I'm looking at it in disbelief. I look at the bottom and there's my name etched in the bottom. How the heck did it get here? What is going on? And my mom comes in and I ask her, where did you get this? She says, I don't know. I got it when, you, or you made it when you were little. I've had it for years. And I say, I, I know, but I, I threw it away. She said, I remember I, I was in the kitchen. I was going to throw something away. And, and there I looked in the trash and, and there was just beautiful flower vase just laying in the trash. And on the bottom, it, it, your name was written. and There was no way I was going to allow that to be thrown out. I said, it's not a flower vase. It's a bowl. She said, well, it doesn't look like a bowl. I said, I know. But this thing that I had seen as worthless, my mom, she viewed it differently. This thing that I thought was full of mistakes, a representation of failing at trying to make something good, my mom, she viewed it differently. She viewed it as something that could hold beauty, like beautiful flowers. She viewed it as something useful, something good, because it was made by me. Because it had my name etched in the bottom, there was no way she was going to allow it to be thrown out. I went home that night, continuing to think about that rescued bowl, continuing to, to struggle with my own failures and um, whether or not to go back to Puerto Rico. It led me to spending time in prayer with God, to, to, to reading the Bible. 
That night, I, I read the first few chapters of the book of Ephesians. I read scriptures that I've, I've sprinkled throughout this whole message. One other scripture that I read that night from Ephesians is this, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. In that moment, I was no longer worried about going back to Puerto Rico. I I knew it was God's dream that he had given me. I was not going to let go of it. I was not going to give up. I knew that even though I didn't feel so good about myself sometimes, I knew with him I could accomplish anything because he is all powerful. I knew I could overcome any obstacle because his grace, it is sufficient. And I knew I could have confidence in myself because I was God's handiwork, created in his image, created to reflect the same love that he had placed inside of me. This is the uh, failed bowl, demented tower, I could eat cereal out of this. Um, My mom still keeps it on her desk today, uh, though she keeps pins and pencils in it now instead of flowers, but that's okay. Um, But in the beginning of the world, God created everything for good, displaying his power, his grace, and his love. He poured his goodness into us. But as we know, the, the first humans, Adam and Eve, They made a mistake and sin came into the world. With it came shame, sorrow, regret. With it came this disconnect between God and his most prized creation, humans. Something he had created to be very good. Something he had created in his image now tarnished because of sin and mistakes. Something quite honestly that we still feel today. There's times where we allow sin to just trample our lives, leading us to feel that disconnect, leading us to feel as though we are not good, leading us to look in the mirror and think too many mistakes. But as we look at this story of creation, we see the foundation being set for God's plan for our rescue. And we see the links God was willing to go in order to reconnect with us. We see how much he loves us. We we see that he had a plan for our salvation, a plan that would bring us back into his power, back into his grace, back into his love. And that plan, it was Jesus. God sent his one and only son to be our rescue. He, He sent his one and only son to live a perfect life, a blameless life to be our sacrifice, to die on the cross and three days later be risen from the dead, conquering the grave, defeating sin, restoring our connection with God, restoring the good that God had poured into creation at the very beginning, restoring God's relationship with us. We are God's masterpiece, his work of art. He has formed us and designed us uniquely, every single one of us. He has created us to bear his image, to bear his goodness. There is no way he was going to allow us to be thrown away because we were made by him. His name is etched into every single one of our souls, proclaiming that we belong to him. And because of the work Jesus did for us on the cross, God tears away the sorrow that we drape ourselves in. God tears away the regret that we drape ourselves in. So as we turn away from sin, as we seek out God's truth, as we surrender to him, he restores our vision. He 
shows us who we truly are, his children. Because rest assured, there were no mistakes made when God made you. Are you hearing me? Absolutely no mistakes. You are God's most prized creation. You were made to hold his beauty, made to grow and blossom in his love and goodness. So the next time you look in the mirror and you're just dissecting all of your failures and you're just thinking too many mistakes, you remind yourself, I am a child of God. Because that covers every failure. That covers every mistake. But as we rest in that truth, as we remind ourselves who we belong to, whose child we are, as we remind ourselves who we are created to be, we can proclaim that we will not bow down to unfulfilled expectations. We will not bow down to a diminished self-esteem. We will not bow down to regret or sorrow. We bow down to the one who was in the beginning. Amen. We bow down to the one who will be in the end. We bow down to the creator of all things. We bow down to the one whose image we bear. We bow down to the risen lamb, Jesus Christ, because he is the only expectation we desire and he is the only reality we need. We are children of the most high God. The same God that spoke the first word at the very beginning of all things and the same God who will have the very last word at the very end of all things. We are his. But all thanks to Jesus, our place in creation, it is restored. All thanks to Jesus, we are adopted by God, allowing us to inherit his power, allowing us to inherit his grace and his love. All thanks to Jesus, we can have hope for good in our lives. Because of Jesus, it is finished and it is very good. So right now, as we close, I would like to invite you to, uh, as Josh plays this next song, let me get my stuff out of his way. Oh my gosh, can you imagine if this fell and broke? <laughs> That's been like my fear all weekend that it happens. But uh, if you've come today and you just feel like you've been staring in the mirror, just thinking too many mistakes, just thinking about all in your life that you've been trying to create good and, and you'd like to come forward for prayer to be reminded that, that you are a child of God, that you are deeply loved by your creator, then we'll have people down here to pray with you. If, um, if you'd like to be baptized today, we have three baptisms happening this service. So if you'd like to join in on that, the water's ready. Wash away your shame, wash away your mistakes, being buried with Christ. Uh, but right now, if you would stand with me, I'd like to pray for you. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your power. We thank you for your love. And as we leave this room today, we just pray that we would be reminded whatever failed cakes we have waiting for us at home, whatever things don't go the way we expected, don't go the way we planned, we pray that we would be reminded that you are all powerful. 
We pray that we would be reminded that your grace is sufficient. And we pray that we would be reminded that we are deeply loved by you and that same love is in us. And we get to share that love with others. We thank you for creating us. We thank you for thinking we are very good. We thank you for etching your name and etching in each and every one of us. And we pray we could live out our lives remembering that we are your children. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to the Central Wired podcast. Be sure to stay connected with us at centralwire.com and have a great week.